Welcome to the Savant Report Rapid Recap. I'm your host, Jordan Weirs. Middle of uh, March here, we are approaching the end of this first quarter in 2016 here uh, a lot faster. It just seems like uh, time flies when you're having fun. Lots going on here at Savant, certainly lots happening in the market. So let's jump right in and talk about uh, what's happening in the market this week. We've seen the S&P and the Dow and, and the NASDAQ continue to ride higher. As I uh, recorded this podcast now, uh, we are actually higher for the year on the indexes, which is great news for equity investors. Certainly, I did not expect us to get here this quickly. Um, uh, you know, these these markets are extremely hard to pin right now. But I find it really interesting. Uh, last week, I published a chart in the uh, weekend summary that we send out to all of our subscribers via email that showed two potential trend lines. One showed a potential top uh, sometime around, well, I think it was mid last week, and uh, we kind of bobbled around. I kind of expected that to be a top, and I didn't expect us to go much higher. We have gone higher. If you look at the trend line back from uh, October going into November, actually early November, there was a, a little top there. There was a lower high in the beginning of December. There was another lower high at the end of December. And if you draw that trend line on the S&P chart, we're basically bumping up against that resistance right here and right now. So that means I am looking to get short. I think that we have seen an interim top in the S&P. Um, you know, listen, I could be wrong, and that's the thing about trading, is the technicals and the fundamentals only mean so much. So uh, the markets can be wrong a lot longer than we can remain solvent. That's why trading is an extremely high-risk sport. So uh, I'm going to get short here. I may be wrong, but I think I'm going to be right. Otherwise, I wouldn't be taking the trade. Uh, I would be very, very cautious about jumping into this market and buying at these levels. Uh, I do think that during this year, we are going to end up uh, higher than where we uh, we currently are right now. I think that we'll see some positive territory uh, for the year throughout the year at various times. However, my bias is to the downside. I think that we'll ultimately end this year on a sour note. I think the end of 2016, we're going to be looking for a negative close for the year uh, on the S&P and the Dow and, uh, and the NASDAQ as well. Uh, lots happening in the news relating to the Fed interest rate change. Uh, really interesting developments here. They have been talking about raising rates a total of four times this year. They have now reduced their expectations to raising two times this year. I think both of them will be 25 basis point raises, so we're looking at a half a point raise total for the year of 2016. The first raise is likely to be in June, and the second raise likely to be in December. Uh, that's my bet. What's really interesting about this, though, think about this. We have the U.S. GDP tracking estimates that went up for 2015. So we revised the GDP estimates up relatively substantially. So that's number one. Number two, the unemployment rate has ticked down. Number three, 
core inflation has firmed and we're still not inflating at a great level but it's firmed up the US dollar is sold off and the broader financial market conditions have eased I'm gonna call it modestly with all of that happening you have to ask yourself why has the Fed refused to raise rates uh, here in March and the reason why is because frankly the economic conditions are not nearly as good as what they're they're saying that they are uh, I'm, I'm a firm believer that the the Obama administration, no conspiracy theories here, the Obama administration needs to keep things looking as positive as they possibly can for the economy during this election cycle. If they don't, and if the markets fall apart, and if uh, if the economy starts to flounder, it's going to give uh, the, the GOP frontrunner Donald Trump a lot more ammo to come in at uh, Hillary Clinton or Bernie Sanders for that matter. So uh, I, I really think that this year we're, we're going to see a lot of dovish type of, uh, of, of sentiment out there from, from the various Fed offices around the country. And I really think in that, uh, that this is going to be an extremely volatile year. Hence why gold has done relatively well. So let's talk about gold here for a minute. So there's been uh, about seven and a half billion dollars uh, that has been invested in the gold ETFs year to date. Uh, that's huge, seven and a half billion dollars. So that's people chasing the gold trade, thinking that uh, gold has bottomed and that another financial crisis is, is imminent. Now, although I'm bearish on the stock market for a period of time here, by no means am I thinking that a financial crisis is around the corner. So, uh, you know, we have Europe continuing in their economic problems. We have the ECB and the BOJ uh, continuing to uh, try and pour stimulus into their economies. And, uh, you know, we're looking at China. Uh, they're they're trying to find any way to stimulate their economy and keep the lie alive that China is going to do extraordinarily well going forward. Uh, I don't see that happening. Of course, I'm very bearish on China, at least uh, for the short term here. Uh, what's really interesting about this, though, is that if you look from 2012 to 2015, the GLD, which is the primary gold ETF, had outflows of $39 billion. That's outflows of $39 billion. So gold topped in 2012 we're now seeing that uh you know that the market has recovered off the bottom of around 1045 in the futures markets so uh you know where where does the gld stand right now well their their net assets are still less than half of what they were at the top of the market in 2012 the gld has roughly 31 billion dollars in assets right now so listen gold has been in a bull market for a decade uh, until the tide turned in 2012, uh, there was just a lot of remarkable buying in the gold market. Way too much. It was a bubble. There was no question about it. Uh, however, where we look today is, uh, is it, it, you know, there's th this fear-driven trade. Gold still doesn't have a dividend. Gold still costs commissions to buy. It still costs commissions to sell. And people who argue, well, buy it in the ETF. These ETFs have lots of hidden fees and and uh, lots of contract rollover risk and uh, it, it's really in my view it's an inefficient way to invest it may be the most efficient way to trade so whether you're you're uh, shorting or you're long the GLD you can be on either side of that bet I still remain that the gold market is gonna remain somewhere between 1150 and 1500 this year uh, that's a you know 
pretty big range. But at the end of the day, I just think that that uh, all of this excitement and all the volatility in the market uh, is going to drive people in and out of gold at very, very, very fast paces. Long term, I think gold is just a terrible investment right now. I'm certainly not interested in it. Silver, on the other hand, uh, might be a good long term investment. There's no uh, rush to get into it anytime soon, I don't think. I think uh, silver is still going to hover around that $13, $14, $15, $16 an ounce range uh, for quite some time. So that's the gold market. Let's talk about oil. So since, uh, since the news broke in February that the uh, proposed output freeze uh, in Saudi Arabia, Russia, and some of the other countries there, you know, we've seen this huge rally in the price of oil, especially in the futures. We've gone from $27, $28 in the nearby futures up to, I think, $40 today or over $40 today in the uh, May futures. In fact, I think we're at about $41.5 right now. So that's really, really significant. However, here's what I'll tell you. I think the technicals oil has very likely bottomed, but we are not done going down yet. The uh, the technicals on this rally are very, very, very weak. I'm seeing stochastics remain, although oversold, a lot lower than where they were a week ago. That means to me that this rally is running out of steam. And uh, I think in the low to mid 40s here, we're going to see an interim top and then we're going to see oil sell off again. Pretty excited for me to uh, take the shorting opportunity, you know, for a couple of bucks, a couple few bucks in oil. I don't try and pick the tops. I don't try and pick the bottoms, but uh, but I am going to look for oil to pull back here a little bit. So, uh, you know, the, the, the big deal is is that uh, although the, the output freeze, you know, they, they agreed not to, uh, to pump any more oil out of the ground than what they already are, which is ridiculous. It's kind of a, uh, you know, a false sense of security here because they're already pumping out way more than what uh, the, de- the global demand is. Now, uh, when they're talking about, uh, you know, exporting, what we saw is that even though these countries, specifically Iran, uh, said that they could, uh, you know, uh, now begin exporting oil with the sanction relief. Uh, they're not exporting very much at all, and they're only releasing very minimal quantities. and And they're trying to help balance this supply and demand issue that we currently have. So, are we going to see oil at 15 bucks? In my opinion, absolutely not. Are we going to see it 20 bucks? Absolutely not. Are we going to see it down into the mid 30s or low 30s again? I think there's a pretty good chance that we will. So uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm very optimistic now about the price of oil coming over the next couple of years. I think we're going to see a lot of recovery. The time is rapidly approaching to begin buying uh, energy stocks that have gotten really beat up in this uh, in this market cycle. You have to remember that the energy market cycle is much more abrupt, much more volatile, and a lot shorter than a lot of other asset classes. So I think that's very positive for people who are invested in the energy sector. just a general remark about uh, real estate. Obviously, real estate is what uh, our primary business is. Uh, I'm really excited about real estate coming up over the next couple of years. Last week, we announced the $5.8 million acquisition 
of the Durabond Manufacturing Facility in Northern Reno. Uh, we got a fantastic deal on a 78,000 square foot uh, industrial manufacturing building with a 15 year uh, lease to a company that's 67 years old and has 80% market share of uh, aftermarket camshaft bearings and uh, fantastic company. Savant continues to do great things. We just opened up a uh, commercial real estate brokerage side of the business. We're also very excited about that. But But listen, 2016 and 2017, I think, are going to be good deal years. Uh, I think that there's a lot happening in the economy. There's a lot happening in the market. There's a lot of speculation about where things are heading. Don't pay top dollar for real estate in 2016 or 2017. That's my advice. Stay true to your to your core, uh, you know, value buying type of investment strategy, and you're going to do really well. Wait for the value to come. Interestingly enough, in 2015, we saw uh, here in Las Vegas locally, again, Las Vegas is a boom and bust market, we saw great appreciation rates. I think on average in every zip code here in the Valley in Las Vegas, we saw residential real estate up about 7 or 8%. That's fantastic numbers. That's big numbers, but it's also unsustainable for the long term. Uh, we do manage a residential portfolio for one of our investors. Uh, I'm also a, a member of that company, and I have some responsibility to invest wisely. We are divesting. We are selling our residential portfolio. Not only is it a real pain in the butt to manage, but it's also time, I think, to exit the residential space and begin looking for good deals in the commercial space in 2016 and 2017. Very optimistic about going forward here. Lots of development happening in Las Vegas. Very bullish on this market. I think some other markets are are topping out for the interim. I think Phoenix is going to start to slow down here. Uh, I think uh, I think across the board, real estate's going to take a breather for the next couple of years, and then we're going to see the hockey stick up. Uh, that that big curve uh, of values going into the market cycle top in the early 2020s. Now. What could change that, what could fundamentally change that is if the equity markets explode, if the equity markets don't correct, if everything is just bullish, 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 if everything is just wonderfully, uh, you know, exciting and, and fantastic uh, in, in this world where everybody starts pouring capital into real estate and everybody starts pouring capital into the stock markets and all the foreign money and all the domestic money that's been on the sidelines enters the market. We could see an early top in the market cycle. Again, we have to wait to see uh, prices that don't make sense anymore, both in equities and in real estate. When prices don't make sense anymore, that's the time that you get out. I think today, they make sense on some deals. They don't make sense on other deals. It's time to be very, very, very judicious in what you buy in real estate. And thank God we've got some talented team members here at Savant, and we do a very good job at that. That's it for this week's podcast. Take care, God bless, and stay tuned for our week end summary that we send to all of our subscribers. Talk to you in a couple of weeks. Bye-bye.